So as Roger mentioned last week, over the next few months, as we ease into this staff transition we are experiencing here, listen to that word I'm using, ease, we will focus on some basics, providing a review of church fundamentals. And last week, Roger walked us through his love of baptism, but today, I am going to walk you through my love of the table, the home of the Eucharistic meal. Now this might seem a bit unusual considering that we are not celebrating communion today, but I love the table. I mean, food comes from the table. What's better than that? This could stem also from my upbringing I grew up in the United Methodist Church, which was founded by John Wesley, and Wesley was known for his deep love of the Lord's Supper. He referred to communion as the grand channel of God's grace to us, grace being nothing less than empowerment and pardon made possible by God's very presence within us. He believed that something this powerful, something this wonderful should be practiced as often as possible, every week or even more maybe. Well, church polity had something else in mind for poor John Wesley and his deep love of the Lord's Supper. But I think he was on to something here. In this text, we are met with multiple themes, love, grief, sadness, and trusting the unseen. Throughout this brief and powerful message, Jesus reiterates his favorite theme of all, love. He goes on to promise the Holy Spirit and finally emphasizes the intimate unity of what we know as the Trinity. Jesus is delivering this promise of love and constant companionship from none other than the table. We are familiar with tables. We gather around tables for meals, session meetings, committee meetings, staff meetings, Sunday school classes, family dinners, celebrations. As good Southern Presbyterians, we are no stranger to tables. But what does the table mean for us beyond the Eucharist? What does it mean for us in our everyday lives? So as I prepare to read our gospel lesson this morning, I invite you to ponder these questions and think about your memories with the table. Think about what the table means for you and your journey with Christ, and listen for what God is saying to the church. John 14, verses 15 through 21. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, 
whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you will also live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you and me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. Amen. So what must it have been like that night in the upper room? Disciples have been fed, feet have been washed, and the betrayer has left. Then all of a sudden, Jesus stands up and announces that he is leaving. Imagine the disciples, how they must have felt. The ones who have left everything, the ones that have left the life they knew to follow this man, these brave and courageous souls, are being told that Jesus is leaving them. Throughout the farewell discourses here, Jesus keeps building and building upon his vision for the kingdom of God. He is preparing his disciples for his departure and the promise of the Holy Spirit, but not without a final reiteration of Jesus' favorite theme, love. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Well, this can be a rough sentence to hear. I mean, it almost sounds like this love, this unconditional love that we have been promised, it kind of sounds conditional here. Taking a closer look at the original language, we can see that the verb for love, this was translated as something we call a subjunctive. So stay with me here for a moment. I also noticed that none of the Greek scholars are here this morning, and I'm a little relieved, not going to lie. <laughs> but a subjunctive mood, that expresses purpose. We use this mood when we want to bring purpose to a sentence. Though there is likely much question and unknown racing through the minds of the disciples, what we learn here is that Jesus' departure on earth has purpose. He is preparing his disciples for his departure so that the Holy Spirit may work. His departure has purpose. So picture this, a family sitting around a table following a meal, and all of the sudden the host that invited you over shares a major life update. Now this is a rather relatable image that the author of John gives us. 
The table is often the main gathering place for this type of conversation. I can still remember the evening where my sister told us at a family dinner that she was expecting her first baby. I can still remember the time where my dad shared the news of his retirement from his 20-year-long career while we were sitting around our kitchen table. The table serves such a deeper purpose in our lives and journey with Jesus Christ. The table is consistent. The table is holy. And the table gives us purpose. So here we are in the upper room, and what appeared to be bad news to the disciples turned out to be the best news for them and for us. Because when Jesus walked the earth, his ministry was limited to one locale, one person, one entity, himself. But now, Upon his departure, the disciples are given the gift of the Spirit and transition from these apprentices to full revealers of God's love. That's what the Holy Spirit is truly getting at here, revealing God's love to us in ways that are both unseen and unknown. The power of the Holy Spirit grants us a grand channel of God's intimacy and ultimately pushes us to see and know God in ways beyond our imagination. Jesus' departure is good news after all, and by the help of the Holy Spirit, we are charged with sharing this good news Jesus' departure gives us purpose. The introduction of the Holy Spirit pushes us to see God in the world. And when I think about where I've seen God most recently, I am reminded of the many faces I see in our dining room on Monday afternoons at our walk-in ministry. And one thing that Elva and Officer Debbie and the rest of the walk-in team does so well is that they foster this space of community and belonging in our dining room every single week. 52 weeks a year we give out this meal. We'd never take a Monday off. They do this by encouraging folks to sit with one another fostering connection and encouraging fellowship between guests and volunteers. Though many of our guests walk in our doors alone when they sit down at the table or go through their line to get food, or they check in with Dusty at the entrance, or they thank Joe for the delicious soup, they are a part of this holy experience they become an integral part of our family and our story as revealers of God's love in the world. Love is our constant pulse throughout this passage. The verb is present from the very first breath to the final verse. 
Jesus was motivated by such love and compassion to let his disciples know that his departure does not mean that he will up and vanish from our lives. Because even after breaking the news, he is quick to say, I will not leave you as orphans, and it's going to be okay. And I know that this looks bad, and it sounds bad, and parts of what to come will be bad. But in the end, I will be with you in a way that you cannot imagine right now. The Holy Spirit, this Holy Spirit I'm talking about, will help. And through the Spirit, I promise you that you will understand, and you will still be connected to me. It's going to be okay. This feels rather familiar, doesn't it? Like the disciples, we too are in the midst of a leadership transition here at Second. But what I hope we can remember throughout this phase, because it's a phase, y'all, this is not forever, it's going to be okay, is that even though someone we trust, even though someone that we love and felt encouraged by is no longer in our building, we are still connected to and bound together by Jesus Christ. We are still called by God to love one another, and the Holy Spirit is in our midst in ways that we cannot even imagine. The Holy Spirit has been and always will be working alongside us to reveal God's love in the world. Because God's unconditional love for us is a holy invitation to be led by these commandments. And when we commit to being led by love, we trust that God's way is our way too. Friends, what we can glean from this text and our own experiences is that the table is holy. It is our constant presence of God, even in the midst of change and transition. It is a visible reminder of the invisible love and grace that God offers us. And the table charges us to be a part of God's purpose in the world. In just a few moments, Kate is going to invite you forward to place your offerings in the baskets, just as the children modeled for us. And today we also take this opportunity to bring forward any donations you may have for our walk-in ministry and place them in the baskets at the table. We do this because God's table is a table of love. God's table is a symbol of our life and ministry alongside Jesus Christ. God's table is a reminder that we are committed to God's service in the world. And that especially includes serving our neighbors here in downtown Richmond. So when you are invited forward, think of your offering as a commitment to God's purpose in the world.
when you come forward, know that you're a part of this holiness and know that you are invited because of love. Join me in revealing this great mystery of love. Come to the table of love. Come to the table of love. This is God's table. It's not yours or mine. Come to the table of love. Sing with me. Come to the table of love. Come to the table of love. This is God's table. It's not yours or mine. Come to the table of love. Let us pray. God, you call us to be a part of this purpose, this purpose in our world, this purpose of love, this purpose of justice, this purpose of holiness that is embodied in your spirit and the love of Jesus Christ that we experience here in this space. And God, we just pray that we feel so charged and so led to spread that purpose in our world, that purpose beyond these doors, today, tomorrow, and all the days ahead. Amen.